0: This is episode 56 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today, Brandy Voth joins us to talk about traveling with kids. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey Christian Travelers, so glad that you are here. Today we're going to be talking about the joys and advice we have for traveling with kids from Brandy Voth. And uh, she is going to be given some of her input on that topic. But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, ChristianTravelers.net. There I have other faith and travel resources, other podcast episodes, and links to connect you with some of our Facebook and Instagram groups where we have other faith, and travel discussions. But without further ado, Brandy Voth is a speaker, podcast host, and social entrepreneur. She inspires people to lead purpose-filled lives and own their God-given power. She serves as a mentor, trainer, and coach to women in business, as well as human trafficking survivors. Hey, Brandy, how are you doing? Hey, I'm
1: great. And I just want to take a moment and Thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited about this and travel is one of my absolute favorite things to do and talk about and share with others. So thank you.
0: Yes, thank you for joining us and you have a couple different munchkins running around. How many kids do you have? What is your family dynamic look like?
1: Well, I have probably graduated out of the stage of munchkins and into the stage of like dudes. So, <laughs> yeah. so I have, my stepson is 26 years old and married. So we have a girl in the family, finally. And yeah. then I have, my oldest is 14 and my youngest is 11 and they are currently in their fishing canoe out on the lake right now, with their little trolling motor, and they are happy as can be while they're fishing for bass. <laughs> Sounds like a fun day.
0: So, you guys have traveled a lot. What are some of the places that you guys have traveled to?
1: So, my husband and I were friends for a couple of years before we ever got married, and we neither of us were looking for any type of a relationship, and we were really good friends and I would tell him, I just want someone to go to dinner with. And he was like, I just want someone to travel with. And that's how we ended up married. (laughs) So we uh, we've, we've been to several different places. We've traveled internationally. We've traveled domestically. And when our kids were younger, we did a lot of Caribbean and Hawaii and, uh, you know, Bahamas, and we, I, we've done Australia, not with the kids, because they actually at that point um, did not want to take the 17-hour flight with us, so we left them at home, and then as we, um, as we, as the kids got older, we, when we were in Australia, and we have some friends there, we were visiting with them about like Australians are master travelers. If you ever want to take a page out of someone's book about how to see the world, go find an Australian friend because they, they straight up just travel all the time. And they would come over to the U.S. and they would go on, they'll come over for like three months and they'll just travel the entire U.S., you know, rent a car. And so we had some friends that we were chatting with and they said, you do realize that we've seen more of the U.S. than you guys have. And I'm like, you know, I started thinking about it and I'm like, well, you know, they're actually they're pretty right because the only thing we drive to, you know, we would drive snow skiing once a year and we're in Texas. So it takes a lot of hours just to get out of the state of Texas before you ever get to any other state, right? Yeah. And so we we really didn't do a whole lot of driving back then. We because I was awful in a car for a road trip. Like I'm not really a good Car road trip person, mm-hmm. I don't like gas station restrooms, etc. So we uh, we decided at that point we kind of wanted to focus on teaching our kids about the U.S. and letting them see states here. So we uh, we bought a motorhome about mm, let's see June of 2018. We bought a, a Renegade Super C motorhome and i had actually wanted one of these for about 10 years because i like i said i don't like gas station restrooms i'm not a good car road tripper <laughs> and i also i'm a germaphobe i want to sleep in my own bed so uh it's been perfect it's been amazing we the first summer that we had it we covered 13 or 15 states the first year and then the second year in 19 i think we did around 12 or 13 states and it's our favorite thing ever to just load up and go for a few weeks and see as many states as possible and have as many activities and experiences and make new memories as possible.
0: That's amazing. So does your job and your husband's job allow for that flexibility or how does that uh, impact that trip?
1: Yes. So my husband and I are very intentional about um, creating a life of purpose, meaning that we, we work, we really love business, we love building businesses, but we also want to make sure that our businesses serve us and in a, in a manner and a capacity that we can be present with our kids and enjoy our families. So we are serial entrepreneurs. We have six businesses between the two of us. And wow. we, um, we're really, really grateful for our traditional businesses that we have we've really partnered with the right people that we share the same values and we're able to take off and, and go travel and they're able to take off and go travel. And we have some incredible leaders in our company that we're able to trust with when we go. Um, I, I do, I work a lot of businesses from home. So I do the podcast, which I have recorded in multiple States across the U S in the back of my motor home. I have a great little office back there. And then I have a virtual skincare franchise, which I have uh, women all over, hundreds of women across the U.S. and Australia that are on my sales team. And I can work that anywhere, as long as I have Wi-Fi. And uh, and then I do, um, I'm I'm a writer. I have a book coming out at the end of the month. Uh, I have a hat company launching, but I'm able to work these things remotely. And that's something that's super important to us, that we're able to have that flexibility. And I will tell you, national parks are not conducive to working remotely. Like I always said, you know, oh my business is great because I can work it anywhere that I have Wi-Fi. And then I went to uh Idaho in the first summer we went to Idaho and then Montana and Wyoming. And there was like a five day period where I was kind of off the grid completely. So I had to like pop back in that, you know, my team, my customers and everyone and be like, hey, I'm here. I just was completely off the grid for a few days. and It was awesome.
0: <laughs> that's so cool. So when you're traveling um, with little kids or your dudes, um, what are some tips or advice you have for traveling in the States or internationally?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. And I it's a question I really love to answer because... We, as we're intentional with business, we're also really intentional with the way that we raise our kids and the culture that we want within our family. And so from a very early age on, probably before we ever had kids, we had said that these kids will enter our lives, we don't enter theirs. And we wanted to, we wanted them to embrace the things that we hold high in value and one of them being travel and experiences. And so our our theory behind that was also, I'm not really a coddler, which is probably exactly why God gave me all boys. (laughs) And so we, we wanted to know from, from an early age on that while these were our babies, they were being raised to be human beings and individuals. And they would one day be, you know, grown men and hopefully husbands and fathers and so we wanted them to be really well socialized and well traveled and, and have experiences. So we started early with our kids. Like they just went everywhere with us and we didn't put our lives on hold and we didn't stay home because we had a baby. Like, um, you know, we we do a lot of off-roading and we threw a kid in a car seat and, you know, they went off-roading with us <laughs> and we do a lot of boating. And so they both had a life jacket on by the time they were two months old and they were on a boat and so my tips and my tricks are for starters. The earlier you can start your children traveling, the better. My kids at this point, 14 and 11, are master flyers. Like you can take them to an airport, they're going to wheel their own bags, check their own bags, they're going to have their carry-on packed, they're going to be polite to the flight attendant, they're going to entertain themselves, but it is because we took those steps of we put them on a plane very early and At the age of three and six, I believe, that we took the the first long trip, we went to Hawaii. And so, I mean, they had their own little carry-on bags. And I always encourage, give your kid their own wheelie suitcase that they can physically wheel behind them and let them have their own little backpack on with their pillow, their blanket, their favorite toys. Because then it makes them not only feel special because they've got their big kid things to do, but it also teaches them responsibility while they're traveling so that you don't get stuck carrying all the bags. Because, listen, carrying bags through airports, <laughs> we all know how like brutal that can be. So let them take ownership in the process. Um, that's my first tip. You know, Get them started young. Let them take ownership in the process. Let them have their own bag full of all the fun stuff. The... Then when we transition over into like internationally and domestically traveling, something that we hold really close to our hearts is that our kids need to experience other cultures and they need to know that people in other parts of the world don't do things like people in Texas do. And they need to know that's okay. It doesn't make it bad. It just means there's a different culture that is embraced. And the funniest story here that I like to share (laughs) is that- We were in the Bahamas. No, I'm sorry. We experienced this in Waikiki first. And then it was in the Abaco Islands the second time. And uh, we we were at a beach and it was typically when we go to Hawaii, we really enjoy the big island because it's not crowded and it's low key. And it's not as commercial as, you know, Maui or Honolulu or anything, but we had traveled over to Waikiki for a couple of days to do the Pearl Harbor tour and and check that out. And my kids, this was the trip where there were three and six and we were with our, our friends and our family. We had some other little kids with us. And there came a moment where there was a European woman that (laughs) laid, sat next to me topless. And I had um, three young little boys staring at me with their mouths open, like, um, I don't know if this is okay. And so we just had to have the conversation where that's their culture and it's not anything different than a guy running around without a shirt on in America. It's just that they do things differently. So then by the time that they were, they encountered it again, they were like, oh yeah, we forget. That's just what they do. you know. And so we just really like, we didn't make it this big taboo thing. It was like, I threw out what I always throw out, like, hey, guys, those are just pockets of fat. It's really not a big deal. you know." And so um, just know that if you're going to travel with your kids internationally, you're going to experience things that are different than our culture. And the way that you present that to your kid is how they're going to receive that. It's either going to be a shock to their system, or it's going to be, hey, we're here in their territory. And so we have to be willing to not make a big deal out of that. Um, yeah. And so and then the domestic travel, get a motorhome. That's my tip for that one <laughs> because and I literally like whatever your budget allows you to get, get it is the best thing we have ever done for our family because it's a time that we just spend time with the four people within that motorhome when when we're lucky enough to have my stepson and my daughter-in-law come with us we all get to enjoy the vacation but it's us we're meeting new people we're cooking while we drive down the road you know we're playing games while we drive down the road we've got our own restroom it's pretty fantastic
0: i love just all the different ways that you have incorporated travel into their lives from such a young age and How you uh, welcome those other cultures, that's a big part of uh, growing and maturing and understanding the things around us.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, we have to know that we can't go in and say, like, you have to do what I'm doing while I'm here in your country. You know, we kind of have to be, we kind of have to be a little flexible there and not quite so rigid.
0: Yes. I'm kind of curious, how have you uh, found ways to kind of incorporate your faith walk as you've traveled
1: with your kids? So, I think that the easiest way for anyone to incorporate their faith walk is to walk in faith daily. And I think that that comes down to we are really big advocates in our house for treating others kindly and showing love and extending love to others every single day because there is so much more that is done for the kingdom and brings more glory to God in the way that we treat others versus what we want them to know and what we want to tell them. And when we can learn to be in relation with people and love people really well in any way, shape, form, or fashion that looks like, that is truly, truly walking in faith. And so I tell my kids every day, it doesn't matter who we come in contact with. It doesn't matter if it is their classmates that they are taking up for because he's getting bullied on the playground, or if it is a a little boy that is in a developing country that we're visiting and he's working at the grocery store at the age of seven carrying bags out and We thank him and we give him a tip and we talk to him about his day and we see how his day is going and we let him know that we see him. So it's the way that we treat people and show up for people because every single person that's placed along your path, I have 100% faith and belief that God placed them there for a reason. And it's how we treat them and how we show up for them that shows how faithful we are.
0: Very nice. In terms of managing spouse time and kid time on your travels, do you have any advice for that?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, I do. And before we got the motorhome, so for starters, my husband and I did not, we've taken two trips without our kids, like in our lifetime up to the motorhome. And the first was when they were small, like five and two, we went away for a week and we both were like, we will never do that again. <laughs> and we, um, you know, having my stepson, we both knew how fast it goes. And we were like, you know, we just don't really want to miss out on any time with them. We'll take vacations without them when they're gone. So we, we always have, always have traveled with them. And when we got the motor home, we took off on a 3000 mile road trip for our first trip in it and we were going to be gone for 12 days. And it was the first time that we were like really enclosed in that small of a space with just the four of us for that long. Mm -hmm. And it took adjustment in the beginning because typically we live on 28 acres and we, there's a lake. So even at home, when it's just the four of us all the time, we're not ever really just right on top of each other. We, you know, we all have our own activities and hobbies that we do. So, we kind of had to go through a process of realizing, okay, this is a whole lot of togetherness. <laughs> How are we going to navigate this? But we've found that when we get you know when we get settled and and we get to wherever we're going, the kids will they'll hop on their scooters and they'll go play basketball, and the husband and I will sit outside and you know enjoy the evening, enjoy the sunset, and it's carving out little intentional pieces of time. While you're on the trip and making sure that there are activities you're doing together, but then there are also activities that your kids can do separate from you. And if you have small kids, you're probably thinking like, that's great, but my kids are 14 and 11. I can't send them away. <laughs> and there are, there's a lot of different options. I know that if you're going to, let's say like, if you're going to a resort, you're staying in a resort. A lot of times there's a kid program that you can put your kids in. And I have, I can tell you personally, this isn't a bad thing. I've heard parents say, I don't want to go on vacation and then like ship my kids off, you know, for the day. It's actually really good. Just do it for a couple of days of the trip, one or two days. It gives them an experience where they get to do something on their own and they feel really proud of that. Like, Hey mom, I went and had my own, you know, activity day over here while you and dad got massages or you and dad laid by the pool or whatever it was. We do this skiing. We did the skiing every year when the kids were smaller. We put them in ski school because it, it allowed all of us to enjoy our vacation a little more where my husband and I had time to ski where we weren't just trying to teach these kids how to ski. My kids had professionals teaching them how to ski and they made new friends. So there's all different ways that you can carve out pockets of time to kind of just figure out if the kids are little and you're you don't have a budget that allows for, you know, an activity center or a ski school, then put them down for a nap and you and your husband go sit outside of the the camper or on the patio at the hotel or outside of the tent whatever and be intentional in that moment and present in that moment and and just be engaged with one another.
0: During this time during COVID-19, travel's kind of limited how have you guys been looking at travel or what advice might you have to still having kind of a traveler's
1: mindset during this weird season oh my goodness all right so my our motor home has been parked longer than it has since we've owned it <laughs> and it's not even because like because I'm in Texas and so it's not even that we're like have really been shut down because in the midst of all this Texans are like woohoo we're out for a few months we're gonna go wherever we want to go it's been a little insane and it's not because we were limited um now granted there were a couple of places I looked into going that we couldn't go to such as we wanted to go to Moab because I was like look kids are out you know I'm not all of my like speaking engagements book tour like everything that I had scheduled for the year is gone so let's uh, let's just go away for a few weeks. And so Moab was closed and I didn't want to go if I couldn't go to the Arches National Park because I was like, I don't want to drive all that way and not be able to get into that park. It's gorgeous. Um, I know. And it's on my list and I'm like, oh, I'm dying to go. And I, I want to go like before it gets too hot. So then uh, the other thing is we love Big Bend National Park down and and we love staying down in Lajitas at the Maverick RV Ranch. And they've got a world-class golf course down there. If you're a golfer, put it on your list. It takes a really long time to get down there, but it's amazing. And then, uh, so they, the national park was closed there and we were like, well, we could go ride through the state park, but I kind of, you know, then they kind of closed other things down. So we did get shut down on that. However, I know that you know a lot of your private parks are open there's a lot of government land that is not part of national parks that you can still go explore without having to come into contact with people and i think just be smart you know we we're we're fully self-contained in the motorhome i'm not prepared for flying yet i there's two types of people that go into go out of this process the one is like the person that's doing a cannonball on the deep end and they're like, woohoo, everything's open. Let's go.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: other is like mm, cautiously dipping their toes in the shallow end. And I am the second part of that. So while we will travel and we will not shut down, um, we definitely will stay like within our family unit and our areas. And we'll do a lot of activities that are outdoors I'm not down for like eating in restaurants yet. That's me personally. I, I'm, I'm still real cautious about all that. But I think it's kind of the way that we look at anything. It's the way that you perceive it and your mindset on it. You don't have to look at it like you're shut down. You just have to look at it that you have to pivot. And maybe it looks, maybe your travel looks a little different than it did before. But by no means does that mean that you can't travel. You just have to get a little creative and be flexible with it.
0: For sure. Is there anything else that you think our listeners should know about travel with kids or just travel in general?
1: I mean, for starters, I think it's really, really, really important to travel with your kids in however you can financially afford that. Whatever that looks like, don't make excuses. Just get out and go and be creative with it because my kids have learned more lessons traveling and seeing other countries and seeing other states than they ever have in a classroom. We, we make sure that we're really intentional about pointing out lessons along the way. So history, like my kids are huge history buffs at this point because we've we've been in, you know, Wyoming and we've seen the the site of Little Bighorn. So they got to learn all about, you know, the American Indian War. And then they, when they talk about it in school, they know about it. When we were in South Carolina, we went and toured a plantation, but then we also did the slavery to freedom experience where they got to learn and see slaves' quarters and learn all about the cotton industry and the Emancipation Proclamation and, and the mm-hmm. Civil War. So they know about that before they get to school. Um, science, you know, we they get to see ocean life and they get to see desert, they get to see uh, you know, geothermal energy, they get to see rock formations and making sure that you're pointing those things out. Because look, if you are a traveler that, and and this is no judgment, but if you're a traveler that you go to a resort, you lie by a pool and you drink a fruity drink, and that's how your family like hangs out. Great. That is awesome. That is not how my camp family hangs out. We do a lot <laughs> of adventure. Like we do the most non-touristy things you've ever seen. Um, we have gotten off of an airplane onto a boat in the Abaco Islands and put our suitcases on it and drove across an ocean we've never been on and a boat we've never been on (laughs) and drove to an island where we hung out for the, you know, and we, we island hopped and we fished every day. My husband was the captain, but getting your kids to experience fully embrace the experience and not just doing the, the standard tourist things, but getting them to step out of their comfort zone, you know, getting them if they want to zip line through a, a rainforest in Hawaii and you're terrified of it, I'm raising my hand right now if you could see me. Um, being willing to step out of your comfort zone and going and doing that with them just so that they can have that experience and they can learn that, you know, it's it's okay to do some scary things sometimes. And embracing new people and new experiences and new adventure and taking every single bit of the actual experience and just drinking it all up make sure you're doing that otherwise like you could go to a resort that's close to you that you don't have to travel and you could do the exact same thing and lie by a pool so get all that you can out of that experience
0: absolutely So one of the questions I always like to ask uh, people on our podcast is what has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels?
1: Oh, yeah, I have it. And it's actually written in my book that um, like I've detailed out. I think that I'm a person that I think that, like I said, every person is placed in our life for a reason. And we had this really, really terrible trip last summer it was anything and everything that could possibly go go wrong. I'm talking like Chevy Chase doesn't even hold a candle to this vacation. It was every and everything that went wrong. Went wrong. And it was uh it was supposed to be my husband had decided that for our for my stepson's uh like family bachelor party trip, they we like to do deep sea fishing. We do a lot of deep sea fishing. And so we were going to go to Charleston and they, the guys were going to go fish and the girls were going to go get pedicures and hang out on the beach. And so it was this beautiful trip that we had planned. And, um, we ended up having a broken down motor home. We ended up all of us, which would have been six, all eight of us ended up piling into my parents' motor home because ours was, stranded in Georgia (laughs) and um, we spent like thousands of dollars in repairs that did not fix the problem Mm -hmm. and it was just one thing after another like we had a kid that had a motorcycle accident and really needed to go to the ER but at that point I was over it so we super glued his knee back up (laughs) oh my gosh I promise you it was like insane and so at the I just kept saying along the way, because when things are completely out of my control, I really enjoy having control. And the way that I remind myself to trust God and, and know that he's in control is just to, to, to create these narratives inside of my head where, okay, maybe this happened because we needed to meet that person and the words that we shared with that person encouraged them. Maybe this happened because we needed to financially bless that person's family, you know, maybe. And so I have to create these narratives inside of my head. Don't get me wrong. I never know the answer to why it is that these (laughs) things happen, but it helps me. It helps my soul be at peace. So I had done this for the entire trip. Um, I'm like nine days, 10 days, whatever it was. And I just kept telling my husband, look, there's some reason for all of this. I don't know why, However, at the end of the trip, I was at the point where my nerves were shot. My anxiety was high and I just needed to get back home. I needed my motor home to make it home. We ended up stranded on a mountain highway in Tennessee outside of uh, a few hours outside of Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And the highway was completely shut down. It was like, we were stuck for like three hours and you have to remember we we, our motor home was not running properly. No one could figure out what was wrong with it. And when you sat idling, it would make it like break down again. So we're 13 hours from home and we're just hoping and praying we can make it home while we're sitting in this, you know, traffic. My husband is over it at this point. He is super impatient. He is like tailgating anytime we get to move at all and i'm nagging because i do that really well and because once again i like to control the situation and at this point i'm just like oh jesus take the wheel like we are going to end up like divorced or murdering each other by the time we get home <laughs> i don't know what it is and so at this time i was also in a place where i had worked on i'd been working on on the book for a while i had been uh working on coaching business. I, I had a lot of things that were happening that I was trying to orchestrate and implement, but I wasn't finding that uh, just flow element where things went together. And so I was kind of in a place where I was like, okay, God, what's next? What am I doing? So I decided in the midst of my anxiety and, and my nervousness that I would get my journal and, and get my devotional, get my Bible pop my Lauren Daigle in my ears and focus on that instead of the fact that my husband might possibly like run over the car in front of us every (laughs) time we, you know, get to go. So I start writing and I'm, I'm reading and I'm, I'm thinking. And so I get into Isaiah 40 and I'm reading, you know, those that wait upon the Lord. And so I start thinking and I'm like, okay, God, I, you know, I know I know this. I'm, I'm writing the scripture down. I know that I have to wait on your perfect timing and I'm, I'm writing this down. I'm writing the scripture down word for it. So I've written those that wait. And so, or I write down those that wait upon the Lord. And I look up because at this time my husband has slammed his brakes on, like we're rolling and he slams his brakes. I look up to nag him and say, you know, what are you doing? Quit tailgating. (laughs) And as soon as I look up, the truck in front of me has a giant like blue square box on the back of it. It's a, it's a 18 wheeler and it says, wait. And it says Isaiah 40 and 31. And I'm like, I said, oh my gosh, that's my scripture. And my husband's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, That on the back of that truck, I'm writing that scripture down right now. Like, and I'm talking to God and I'm asking him to give me direction. And it's right here on this truck in front of us. You know, the one that you almost like kiss the bumper of. (laughs) 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 And so that opened up, uh, and, and you guys can read about it all in the book, but that opened up a, a new place where I entered into a place of, instead of trying to control the timeline of everything that opened up a a process where I learned to really lean into waiting actively on the Lord. Because I think sometimes we read that scripture and we, you know, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, right? They shall walk and not grow weary, you know, so on and so forth. And that's not verbatim by, by the way, you guys look it up. But we read that scripture and we think, okay, so I'm, I'm going to sit here. And I'm going to be really quiet and really still, and I'm going to wait on you. And while that is part of it, it's also a really active process because we have to actively submit parts of our lives to the Lord. And it really opened me into a new season of actively waiting on the Lord and listening for guidance and following in guidance. And it's brought us to the season that we're in today. That was my like absolute biggest God moment in my travels.
0: That is amazing. It's so cool how, even in something such such a rough trip, God uses this little moment towards the end, uh, on a truck and in your devotional life to just kind of change a whole season in your life following that.: Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, Brandy, we've enjoyed having you on the podcast. How can our listeners connect with you uh, outside of this podcast?
1: Okay, so I am on pretty much all the social media platforms. I Facebook, uh, YouTube. Let's see. So Facebook, you can go find The Power Project over on Facebook. And then on Instagram, I am Brandy Vos. if you want to connect with my personal Instagram. And then I also have the underscore power project which is going to be the podcast Instagram and then I'm on I'm on TikTok <laughs> which is totally you're not gonna have any value added to your life whatsoever if you follow me on TikTok just brandy both uh but it's I just kind of have fun over there and throw some spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks. And then uh I'm on YouTube. You can find the power project on YouTube. And you uh we have some exciting things happening we have a i have a social enterprise hat company that's launching very soon that we uh, employ so traffic survivors and we help support the organizations that we partner with in their fight against human trafficking so you can check that out uh, at the power the powerhatcode.com to see the pre-sell a little insight on that and then if you want a free chapter of my book you can go to the powerprojectbook.com and there is a full free chapter in there. You'll be able to order the book by the end of the month. So I hope that's all of the ways that you can. Oh, and you can always email me, brandy at the-powerproject.com. The, the universal website over there is the-powerproject.com to see all of my coaching, speaking, blog, podcast, the whole shebang.
0: Very nice. And I will put links to all of that information in the description below so that you guys can all check that out. Totally. Well, Brandy, we've really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for sharing your insight and wisdom into
1: travel and traveling with your kids. Oh, I have just totally enjoyed it, and now I think I'm going to go, like, pack up the motorhome and head somewhere, because you guys have got me wanting to get back out and go do some more travel. (laughs) That's wonderful.
0: Well, uh, Christian travelers,
1: I hope that you've enjoyed today's
0: episode, and in the meantime, safe travels, and God bless.